Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. History is full of accidental discoveries, including Teflon, Velcro, X-rays, and plastic. Today we're going to explore the world of music, rock and roll music and the electric guitar to be exact. Have you ever wondered how a rock guitarist can get their instrument to howl through a 12-bar blues or scream over the top of a thundering bass and drums? Many of those sounds have been created using special effects with a wide variety of foot pedals that a musician can switch on and off as they need it. But it wasn't always that easy. And it all started with a little accident. Oh, sorry about that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Missing Chapter Podcast. You are here with Phil Shaw, Phil Horander, and someone who really needs no introduction. Because if you are a listener of the Missing Chapter Podcast in our third season, you are very well versed on this individual. And his episodes now, this will be his fourth, are some of our, our most popular, Phil. Yes. So as we sit down for Utica Coffee Roasting Company's Cinnabon, all right? We are ready for a great story, and one of the reasons I think your episodes are so popular, live music. Oh, yes. Yep. Uh, Mr. Miles Lappy, a, a student of ours, is going to take us a little uh, down the road here with his, with his strumming. By the way, just to let the listeners know, Tim Field's episodes have totaled 2,265 plays, and I'm assuming right now uh, that some people are going to go back to season one and two and check out some more Tim Field episodes. So yeah. Tim, we are so excited to have you back on. Miles, we're excited to have you. What do you got for us? Well, first of all, with, with that number, you know, I have a very extended family uh, all around the world. <laughs> so that's probably accounting for most of these. But hey, listen, I appreciate you guys having me back uh, to do another podcast with you. I got Miles here. Miles has played guitar with the jazz band, and he's definitely one of our most talented students um, here, here at Canada Harry. Uh, so listen, you guys know I'm a rock and roll guy, right? Uh, I love playing guitar. I also love to look into the history of how different styles of music were developed and music in history in general. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I wanted to look into how the sound of the rock and roll guitar got its start. Great. I'm talking about the gritty, overdriven sound of an electric guitar turned all the way up to 11, playing <laughs> thick power chords, supporting the sound of the vocals, cutting through the thundering rhythm of the drums and the rumble of the bass guitar. Think of the sound of Eddie Van Halen's eruption guitar solo, Jimi Hendrix playing the Star Spangled Banner at the first Woodstock Festival in 1969, or uh, Jimmy Page playing Led Zeppelin's Whole Lot of Love. And I'm sure the listeners right now if you could see this man's face, there's grit coming through his teeth. <laughs> and I might add, one of our traditions here at Canada Harry, we do our historic Halloweens, where we establish a theme and the faculty and staff try to dress up as people within the theme. Now, 
Tim, you mentioned Eddie Van Halen. And I'll tell you what, you made a great Eddie Van Halen a couple of years ago, too. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. All right, Miles, here we go. Take it away. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's where did this rock and roll sound come from? Uh, because it's such an integral part of what rock and roll is. So first of all, let's do a little brief history. we got the guitar. That's an old instrument. It's been around since the 16th century. But it wasn't until 1931 that the instrument, instrument went electric. And it all starts with the Rickenbacker frying pan, Ooh. which was the first commercially produced guitar to require an amplification system and electricity to be heard. And now I've got kind of a side story, a missing chapter within a missing chapter, oh, wow. as, as you will. So It's a really um, missing chapter. Yeah. So there's a guy named Paul Tutmark. Tutmark, I'm not sure how that his name is pronounced. And he's thought to be the first person to ever amplify a guitar. And what he did was he figured out how to use an old telephone for the pickup and wired it through a radio in his house, and it worked, right? So he figured out before Rickenbacker did how to electrify a, a guitar. However... He was given some pretty bad advice by, from his lawyer because although he spent $300 in a patent search, now mind you, this is like 1920, late 1929, 1930. This is Great Depression. Depression, $300. It's a lot of money. Yeah, money. Yeah. So they did a search and found that there was no other patent for, for this. But his lawyer said, no, it, it's not going to work. You're not going to make any, this, this isn't going to be successful. So don't worry about it. How many times has this happened? Now, we've right. had this conversation. I'm looking at our, our list of, of upcoming episodes. And there, there's been episodes we've talked about someone who has invented certain things, certain household items, but just either didn't have the, the legal know-how, didn't have the fortitude, or even just the, pers I don't know, pursuit of a, of a legal action to, to get that. Pattern. Right. And when I think electric guitars, like, you know, the names like the like the Les Pauls come to mind. I, I've never heard of this individual. Yeah. I'm guessing it's because he was given some bad advice. And it was really, like you said, the context of the time where three hundred dollars at, yeah. you know, at this point in history, much less the Great Depression. Yeah, there, There's a number of other uh, people that were pursuing how to make the guitar mm -hmm. uh, more heard, because at this time, the guitar was really kind of relegated to just being part of the rhythm section. It could never take any solos because nobody could ever hear it. Mm, right. Yeah. So when you got a horn section playing and drums playing, a piano player playing, the, the sound of an acoustic guitar just can't keep up with that. So um, now with the electric pickup, this is all changed because the guitar could be a much more prominent instrument. And by 1936, Jazz guitarist Charlie Christian began attaching a pickup to his acoustic guitar so his solos could be heard over mm. the band. Now, one thing about guitar players, you have to understand this, is they love to tinker around with their sound. And it didn't take long before they realized that if you turned up the tube amplifiers very high, the sound would get fuzzy and have a growl to it. Now, this was not ideal for recording as the guitar would need to be really loud. Um, and it could be detrimental to the tubes or if for our UK listeners, those are called valves. They're the glass, they look like light bulbs, but it's how the electronics worked back in the day. And this amplifier that I have with me today is actually powered by the same type of wow. uh, circuitry. Uh, but turning it up 
could damage uh, the, the amplifier. So there's several effects, uh, examples of this effect. There was a band called Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys. They had a guitar player named Junior Bernard. And if uh, you listen to his song, Bob Wills Boogie from 1946, you can hear this overdriven sound. It's not considered rock and roll yet, but you can hear the foundation in the blues country style and hear the direction guitar playing is going. Another example can be heard on Gory Carter's 1949 debut single, Rock A While, which many people do consider to be the first rock and roll song. But the one I'm here to talk to you uh, today about is from 1951. The song's called Rocket 88, and that's definitely another contender for the title of the first rock and roll song ever recorded. It was released by Jackie Brenson and his Delta Cats, which was really Ike Turner mm. from... Um, um, Tina Turner, Tina Turner yep, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and his band, the Rhythm Kings. So I'm going to have Miles play with a clean sound, uh, the Rocket 88, if we could do that, Miles. So now what we're going to do is we're going to add a little fuzz to the sound to demonstrate what distortion does to the sound of the guitar. So when you listen to the recording of this song, the guitar sound you hear was not intentionally created, but it happened by accident. And the story goes like this. Willie Kizart, his, he's the guitar player. His amplifier was damaged while traveling with the band. So while they're traveling, they get a flat tire along the highway. They got to take stuff out of, the, uh, out of the trunk so they can fix it. The amplifier gets dropped. Oops, sorry, I dropped your amplifier. <laughs> When they get to the studio to record, it was discovered that the driver, which is the speaker inside the amplifier or the cone, the cone shape um, speaker had come loose. There's nobody around to fix it. So the solution was we're going to ball up some newspapers and kind of wedge them in there to hold it in place. The result was the fuzz sound here heard in the recording. The recording engineer loved the sound and kept the recording as is. And believe it or not, the sound wasn't instant hit soon other musicians are trying to copy it by damaging their own amplifiers link ray of link ray and the raymond he actually stabbed holes in the speaker of his <laughs> amplifier with a pencil to get the characteristic sound of the song rumble now this song had such an intense sound that it was banned from airplay for free of for fear of starting violence that's amazing so i gotta i gotta point something out there's a couple things i want to point out number one i'm assuming back then those speakers were probably paper so it's pretty easy to puncture yes and you get that raspy kind of newspaper yes. sound right yeah the next thing is audio engineers have a different ear yes. they do in in after being in the studio for a little bit for a stint there myself there are things that an audio engineer could pick up that a normal person could not True. you know especially 2023 where everything now has some sort of filter has some sort of 
um, auto-tune on it, even to the point where singers now, as they're singing live, had auto-tune built in. Yes. So now it's almost like we might be losing that 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 profound ear yep. that people back then innately had because they hear all these different things. Yeah, and they were kind of obsessed with finding a, a unique sound for a particular instrument or um, setup of guitar, amplifier. It, it, it's all different, and some people have their their specifics in the exact way that they want it to do. And I love how this one was found by accident. That's it. Yeah. Yes. By yeah. not even just by accident, but by someone making what they would consider a mistake. I'm really sorry. When yeah. in reality they've discovered the next it's the next great the thing. next sound. Right. I mean that's with penicillin. That's with like all yeah. these different, you know, founding discoveries. And I love <laughs> the fact that it, it immediately my mind, as it always does, goes back to movie quotes. Yeah. 1985, here we are back to the future. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, it's Marvin, your cousin Marvin Barry. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. That's pretty much exactly it. Exactly. I want you to hear this song, Rumble. I'm going to have Miles play uh, a little bit because I, I think a lot of people are going to recognize this song uh, when you hear, hear it. It's used in movies a couple of times, uh, but it's definitely worth listening to. <laughs> gives you a, a flavor for for what's going on i mean there's there's other examples kinks guitarist dave davies damaged his amp by using ra razor blades to slash <laughs> longer openings uh, in the cones for you really got me now these sounds are for, are fantastic but it, it gets expensive to stab holes in an amplifier <laughs> and you also can't just turn off the fuzz effect once you've cut holes in the speaker so the next step is this grammy award winner marty robbins he has a country song called Don't Worry. It's from 1961. Now, you guys can link songs to this, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this would be great because people need to hear this, this song. So 1961, uh, they make this country song, Don't Worry. And when it's recorded, there's a short in the bass player's channel on the soundboard. So this isn't even an instrument or the amplifier. This is on the soundboard. And if you listen to the song, it sounds like a standard country song of the day until you get to the instrumental break at about a minute, 25 seconds into the song. You hear this really heavy sounding distorted bass guitar that just seems so out of place, but it's also just such a great sound. The sound engineer named Glenn T. Snotty, seeing how popular the recording had become, quickly figured out how the fuzzy tone was created. So what he did was he developed a small foot pedal that would allow you to recreate that sound without damaging the amplifier. So in 1962, he teams up with Gibson Guitars affiliate Maestro, produces a foot pedal called the FZ1 that with the push of a button would recreate that sound. But surprisingly, the initial release of the pedal was not a success. That is until Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones used to record I Ain't Got No Satisfaction. You guys ever hear that song? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I, yeah, maybe a couple times. We might have a, a, a Rolling Stone fan in the house. Okay, so Richards used this fuzzbox to fill in for a planned horn section, but he had to be convinced not to re-record the song and leave the original recording as it is. So let's have you play a little bit. Of, let's have Miles play a little bit of that. Oh. 
Because here it's loud, it's crisp, like you can feel it in your chest. It's awesome. And we have a quality microphone here, but I think it's gonna it's gonna be based around maybe it's the quality of the to. speakers yep. <laughs> and people's cars yep. and what kind of earbuds, or if you're listening straight from your phone. I yep. I, I really hope it's picking up. You're right; those yeah, frequencies. It's awesome. it's awesome. Pretty amazing. So, like I said, Keith Richards used this FZ1 pedal that sales failed by Maestro, but obviously satisfaction one of the biggest hits of all time. Word gets out. This is what Keith Richard used. Story's over. Everybody wants to get this fuzz effect. They want to recreate that sound. Uh, and it's it's a huge success. So shortly after this, now other people are like, they got to get in on, on this new creation. So all different kinds of companies are creating fuzz boxes. Rock guitarists are using them. They're modifying them on their own. So now there's thousands, literally thousands of different foot pedal effects the guitarists can choose from to modify their sound. Distortions, delays, chorus, phasers, flangers, and the list goes on. As long as, as there are guitar players who love to tinker with their sound, there's going to be new and innovative ideas on how to alter the sound of the electric guitar. The next time you see a band playing, look at the feet of the guitar player. Chances are you're probably going to see that they have a number of effects pedals at their feet used to alter their sound. And remember, it all started with, oops, I dropped your amplifier. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right. Welcome back from the break, everybody. First of all, Tim, this episode is amazing. Miles, this episode is amazing. Now, I think the best way to close this out is something you mentioned before the break is, is that song, Marty Robbins, Don't Worry. So, you know, we could sit here and describe it and talk about it, but I think the best way to showcase it is to play it for our listeners. So we're gonna we're gonna play like a thirty or forty second long clip, um, and it's just gonna be a, a, a couple seconds of a of a normal kind of song. And then what you're gonna hear is a little bit of a break, about ten seconds in, and you're gonna hear a distinct sound, uh, very raspy and gritty sound that, that Tim has described. So without further ado, here's the example that Tim gave you all: Marty Robbins, "Don't Worry." That's the kind of sound where I'm assuming the first time you've ever heard something like that, 
it, it must have caused like panic, shock, awe. Like I, I would just, yeah. I'm picturing the people's faces the first time you ever hear something like because it, it's so different and so distinct. Yeah, man. that's amazing. I love it. So we had we had to bring Miles over here. Yeah, the man behind the music is with us. Absolutely. So we had to bring Miles over here because it, listen, it, it's one thing to hear it through some speakers, like we mentioned before the break. It's another thing to watch Miles in action. Now, Miles, you've been doing this for a long time. You know, we had you as a a freshman all the way up through. Now you're a senior and, and going off and doing your thing as a, as a grown adult. We've always been in awe of your talent. Right. We got, we just had to bring you on and ask you some, some questions because your love for music, not just playing the, the guitar, but your love and knowledge for music as a whole is pretty, pretty exceptional. Your, your ability to play anything like so quickly, I think is, I mean, you, you have a great sound, but it's like, Hey miles, play this. And like you're able to just play it right off the bat. So I mean, <laughs> we mentioned like a, a musician's ear. Miles Lappy has. Oh yeah, for sure. It's amazing. But so Miles, why the guitar? Why, how old were you when you when you first you know picked up your guitar and realized this is something I love and kind of want to invest my time in? I think probably like twelve years old. About that. Wow. And it was was it just a natural was it a gift or was it something that you inherited or is it something that you're like you know I'm just going to pick it up and start playing? Well, we had a. We had this, you know, old small one, you know, like first act kind of guitars. And yeah. I started off playing on that. And then, I, you know, I was getting serious about it. And so my mother, you know, got me a Fender uh, Stratocaster, um, Squire Stratocaster. And ever since that, just loved it. Yeah. Well, we're glad she did. Yeah. And, yeah, and sure. the question we posed, because you, I mean, you, you have this appreciation for music. And I think that's part, it, it's the way you're, you know, you're just wired. And I think like, you know, Mr. Field, I think appreciates that. Tim appreciates that. It's, you can go, you know, jazz to rock to classic. I love it. So the question was, you could have dinner with one musician, living or dead. Who, who'd you go with, Miles? That'd be uh, Jerry Garcia. <laughs> so, so what did you, what do you appreciate? You know, what do you kind of see resonating with your play? that you maybe look at and, and admire about Jerry Garcia? Well, Jerry Garcia, he's, he's got, he sounds like someone playing country music and rock and roll at the same time. You know, and that's what I, when I play, that's what I try to emulate. It's great. Mm -hmm. Now so, I have good choice. <laughs> I, yeah. I have two young girls. Mr. Horner has two young boys and they're starting to dabble in music and they have music classes and stuff like that. And they're really, they're starting to, to, to gain some, ground when it comes to maybe having the ability to to play music uh, music and instruments is what would you recommend to someone just starting maybe even younger than 12 saying hey i, I really like to start playing the guitar would you recommend lessons right away would you recommend just something small and and kind of like a a trainer if you will yeah i would say something small you know you want to make sure you this, that's what you want to do yeah and then work your way up piece yeah. by piece. Yeah. You wanna you wanna enjoy it when you first start. Yeah, for sure. Great advice. Yep. Now, Mister Mister Field, you got to talk here. Uh, we got yeah. it. We got to get you in on this because you've always. I'm not gonna say bragged about Miles, but I I would be too. You've always. Well, I, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this story because Miles used uh, was playing in the jazz band with us, right? And we always get to a section where people get an opportunity to do some improvisation, taking a solo. And Miles never, ever backed down at an opportunity to do that. And it's fun from my perspective because there's 
several times in the rehearsal where we're playing along, the solo comes up, and I can just watch the students' faces. They kind of perk up a little bit when Miles plays like, wow, that's really good. You know, they don't want to yeah. say that, but you can tell they know. Yeah. It, it's it's really good. And, and Miles definitely has an ear for uh, for music. You know, he's got a love, a passion for it, but he also has a really good ear and, and knows how to play really, really well. Yeah, and anytime you've had the opportunity to play at an assembly, you've got everyone's attention. That's for and sure. it's, it's impressive. It's impressive because, you know, you think of the importance of, of, of high school education, the importance of middle school and elementary. We, you know, music is such an integral part of that. And I mean, it's really Miles Lappy, you people know you as the great musician, the great guitarist. And then, you know, here we are a month removed from graduation. And uh, I'm sure you're going to, you know, take this this music off with you. And we're, we're excited to see you know, what, what the future holds for you. Yeah. I think by the time this airs, you'll be a graduated senior, my yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, so. so tell everybody we're in, we're in over 70 countries. We're in all 50 States. Where are you, where are you headed after graduation? I'm going to be going to SUNY Cobaskill. Awesome. For, uh, wildlife management or uh, fisheries and wildlife. That's great. And then uh, all of our listeners are going to, are going to write down the name miles Lappy because I think mm -hmm. in a few years, you're going to hear him uh, in his guitar. Yeah. And they'll hear them now. Yeah. And, and for all the local people, if you ever hear, get a chance to hear the big unity band, that's right. That's the band that Miles is in. Definitely. I, I've heard them a couple of times now. Go listen to them. Well, hey, thank you guys for, for coming on. This has been this has been awesome. Yeah, One our of my pleasure. And, 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 you know, we have our, um, uh, you know, Tim, who everyone loves returning in that, you know, introducing Miles uh, to everybody. It was the, the perfect episode. Yeah, this was great. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, I'm Phil Horander. And I'm Phil Schaff. I'm Tim Field. I'm Miles Lappy, and another chapter has been added to the history textbooks.